Hey everybody, this episode of Tech Stillers is supported by Fullstack PEO, a turnkey HR solution. Zach and I have known the team at Fullstack for a really long time, and they absolutely have a passion for emerging companies and the people who are embarking on that journey. You know, when you're trying to grow your company, you have a ton of top priorities to worry about, and HR doesn't have to be one of those. You know, you can trust that the folks at Fullstack will take care of you and your team, so you can focus on your company. Check them out now at fullstackpeo.com forward slash techstillers and get the peace of mind you need. Welcome to the show. I'm Zach Darnell. And I'm Sean Larson. And we're the Techstillers. Exploring what it's like to solve problems and build things. So we've got a pretty awesome show today. We talked with Lindsay Chepkema, and it took me so many times to practice her last name to finally get it right. Yeah, and then you still got it wrong when you try to say it the first time. Like three, <laughs> like three times, I think it took me to get it right before we actually started recording the show. Yeah, she was full it, of it's grace. It's a tricky one. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Uh, but it was actually a really probably one of the most intimidating shows. Number one, because she's a professional podcaster. And I think our first uh, um, professional podcaster that we've had on the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like being an amateur musician and showing up to a jam session with a pro. Yeah. A a Grammy award winning musician. And you're just like, I don't know how to play. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, I was super nervous walking into that and I think it took me a good five to 10 minutes to kind of calm down a little bit and get into the show. I felt very mechanical to start off with, but she had a lot of grace and it was still an, an awesome conversation. Right. It's a, it's a powerful reminder for us that, uh, you know, we're, we're all in this to, to, to explore ideas and, and have a good conversation more than anything. And, and uh, just because somebody um, has been doing this more than we have does not mean that we still can't have a good talk as human beings. And uh, once we remove the microphones and forget about um, the technology that is underlying everything we're doing, it's just a human conversation. And I think that's a lot of what we touch on in this show is the most important part about this is to be human human conversation. Yeah. Yeah. To be real. Yeah. Well, the thing that stuck out to me, uh, there were a few things I think that I really took away with it. Um, I don't know that I've ever really heard the, the description of a quote unquote branded podcast and the definition thereof. So that was really helpful. She kind of talked us through that. That was really cool. And then one of her quotes that really stood out to me was like the power of podcasting for businesses. Um, and while I believe that podcasts are important and can be a, a wonderful medium for companies and businesses to reach their audiences, I never really thought about it to that degree. Um, and it was really compelling and really powerful to kind of hear that and think about podcasting as they're compared to blogs uh, podcasts are still, you know, quote unquote young and on the early end of their, their wave, even though we're nearing about a million podcasts, um, on the, uh, on the store today, like in yeah. comparison, there are millions of blogs. Yeah, no, it's a great show. Um, and we're very excited for you to, uh, to have a listen to the conversation. Um, and yeah. So let's uh, let's go ahead and jump right in. Spoiler alert: We get super meta about podcasts on this podcast. Mm. It's still a fun talk, no doubt. And you'll get some great practical advice. So we hope you enjoy. All right. So we are joined by Lindsay Chepkema, 
I got it right finally after a lot of practice. Lindsay yes, is you did. <laughs> nice. Lindsay is the co-founder and CEO of Casted, and thank you for joining us during this weird time of working from home for the world's largest experiment. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, thank you so much for having me. This is this is a, a great break from what we're all doing right now. <laughs> Ho- hopefully, none of our children inter- interfere or uh, come into the offices while we're all doing this right now. But if they do. Yeah, oh, let's well, make that let's make that a disclosure up front. <laughs> yeah, it's just part of the social experiment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Lindsay, would you do a do us a favor and just kind of give us a quick intro to you, who you are, your background, what you're doing now? Give us the sure. the the quick pitch. Sure. So, um, I'll start with who Casted is, and then kind of back into who I am. Uh, Casted is is the first and only marketing platform built around conversations like the one that we're having right now. So. Um, in particular, podcasts saying, hey, go have great conversations, record them. Yep, turn them into podcasts, but how can you make them the center of your marketing strategy by really ringing them out and using bits and pieces of them across other marketing channels? And the way that I became a part of this whole thing and then started Casted, the whole reason behind it is I'm a marketer. Um, The last 15 years of my life I spent as a marketing leader. Um, Most recently, I was leading a brand and content team for a global enterprise SaaS business. um, And as part of that, launched a podcast and quickly found that, as I'm sure you you have, that it's a great way to connect with people. It was a great way for uh, for my internal audience of of salespeople throughout the organization to connect with our audience and also um, our external audience to connect with us. But I also found that there wasn't a whole lot of really great technology or software made for me or my marketing team to harness podcasts as a marketing channel for the business. Um, It was all made for kind of other people, kind of hobbyists or more consumer-driven podcasts. um, And we were really forced to kind of duct tape together a solution that worked for us. Um, So when I had the opportunity to start Casted um, as part of the High Alpha Venture Studio here in Indy, along with Scott Dorsey um, to kind of partner with, I jumped at the opportunity to fill the gap that I just could not believe was there. I could not believe that um, with the opportunity that podcasts offer to marketers and to brands, that there wasn't more to serve marketers and brands in, in harnessing it. So so as Casted, we, we make it possible for marketers to um, harness podcasts, to manage them, to activate them, and to measure them to really make an impact on the brand. That's really interesting. So you, I mean, you started this really to solve a problem for yourself, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, I, I had experienced it firsthand. And I, again, I think a lot of these things happen because you cannot believe that it's a problem, right? It's just, how how does this, how is there such a void? And so, yeah, it, there was a huge opportunity that I saw um, that needed to be filled. And so we're filling it. Okay. So so who are you primarily targeting? Like who are you serving at Cassid? Is it, I mean, it sounds like it's primarily marketing groups or marketing folks at companies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is it also geared maybe uh, B2C at all, like hobbyists or uh, at-home folks? Sure. No, we, we typically focus on um, branded podcasts, right? Okay. So that's the, um, the audience that is really underserved right now, kind of surprisingly. So there's a lot out there for the hobbyists and, for the solo podcasters, um, but not a ton for for branded podcasts and the marketers behind them. So that's that's our audience: is marketing leaders, marketing managers, content leaders um, on behalf of companies. So when you say branded podcasts, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So if you're a company, 
and you have a content strategy. Typically, you have a blog and some white papers, a website. And more recently, over the last couple of years, as your audience has shifted to demanding more rich content, like audio content and video content, um, more and more brands are starting to realize, just like we were talking about, the power of podcasting. Um, So it's brands that have a show um, as part of their content strategy to connect with their audience. That would be a branded podcast. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think uh, I think I was reading the other day that there's something like 850,000 podcasts in existence, mm-hmm. or I, I'm sure there's probably more than that. Like mm-hmm. that is Hearing a, a million for sure. content. That is yeah. insane. How many mm-hmm. shows that are out there? It's true. Or, 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 go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, if you think about it, though, in contrast to the number of blogs, I mean, we're talking of like millions and millions and millions and millions of blogs. Um, comparatively speaking, podcasts are still a really, really great opportunity to stand out, especially for brands. Interesting. I never thought about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I guess that's true. Blogs have also been around for a lot longer, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've started to peak. They started to, um, the wave started earlier, I would say. Mm. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's interesting. It's a very different type of information delivery. Blog is a very singular, almost opinionated approach to this information dissemination. But podcast is we have this chance to kind of um, composite all of our ideas into uh, this really great delivery um, and have a conversation because a lot of people learn things about themselves and about others through the conversation. And I think it's the interesting part is that the voyeurists in us all love to hear these conversations and, <laughs> and uh, perhaps glean something interesting from it. But I mean, there's a lot of reasons why people listen to podcasts. I think that's one of them. Um, yeah. And maybe, maybe in the, in the branded space, um, Everybody's trying to 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 get some uh, nugget of information that that might help them, you know, or or try and make a decision about what they're doing next. And so there's, yeah, yeah. amazing opportunity. Couldn't agree more. I think um, one thing that I say all the time is that you know, okay, so especially now, especially in the midst of all that's happening in the world today, people crave connection. It's a basic mm. human need. People need to feel connected to other people, and that's because it's such a basic human need, it's a basic business need. Because really, we've all heard it before, even in business to business situations, it's human to human. People buy from people, even if you're buying on behalf of your brand, right? So especially now, it's really important to find ways to really connect with people. And podcasts, I mean, everyone, this is is a very biased conversation because we're creating a podcast and people (laughs) are listening right now are listening to a podcast, but they do something really special in that they invite people to listen in on a conversation right? I mean, a a blog post is great. And believe me, I have a background in content marketing and we still have a blog and I I love blogs, but they're different. They, they, they serve a different part of your brain, right? It's, it's presenting content in a way that's consumed differently. Whereas a podcast, I mean, we are in a whole lot of people's lives right now. We're in their, you know, their kitchens, we're in their living rooms, we're in their home offices where, you know, maybe eventually we'll be in their cars and in their workplaces again. Um, but it's, it, it really is a special thing to be able to invite someone to listen in on a conversation. Like you said, it's, it's, it's uh, saying, Hey, be voyeuristic. Like that's, that's what we're asking them all to do right now. And so it's, it is, it's special. It's different, especially for brands. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. Well, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of a hyper extrovert, so I love talking. I, I'd much rather have a conversation with somebody than, you know, share email back and forth or, Hey, read this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love coffee, so grabbing coffee with folks is one of my favorite activities. Uh, one, one of these days, I'll get back to it. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, we tried blogs for a while. Like we, we uh-huh. thought when we kind of kicked off our podcast, like let's do a blog too, because what goes better with a podcast than a blog? <laughs> like who's going to go read the blog after listening to the show, you know? Yeah. Like, oh man, I'd love to read the transcript on that show. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's important too. I mean, it is. Be, uh, to that point, that's a really great point is that everybody consumes content differently. Like there are sure. some people who would hear this conversation and then be like, oh gosh, that was great. I want to hear more. I either want to hear more podcasts or I want to dig into that topic more. I wonder what guides or what, you know, can can I read the transcript of that? Can I read the conversation? Can I, can I dig in deeper? And so being able to say, again, start with a conversation, you know, don't set out to go boil the ocean with a blog post, but like start with a conversation. And then what can you pull from that to serve people one across different channels in different ways that they might want to consume that conversation. And two, you know, invite them to go deeper should they want to. So go ahead, Zach. Oh, I was just going to say that maybe kind of think about a question. Um, Are you finding that your clients typically already have a show or are you needing to educate them on that fact? Like, are you having to do a little convincing to like, Hey, you should know podcasts are really awesome to start a conversation Mm -hmm. and here's where it plays into your larger strategy. Or is it more, um, Oh, we have a show. We don't know what we're doing and how how it plays into the larger strategy. Right. Um, more so right now we're talking with companies that already have a podcast, um, simply because we're solving for challenges that they're already feeling. Right. So they tend to be the ones who raise their hand first and say, oh, yes, we need this. Um, That said, we do have a couple of customers already who said, hey, we're starting a podcast and we'd love to start with you and hopefully avoid some of those challenges um, altogether. So, yeah. So are are you do you guys have like that uh, that hybrid um, professional services slash SaaS product? offering? Is that like, if you had to define your offering, is it, is it both of those things? Well, so far it has been mostly focused on just the platform, right? Okay. That said there's services to go with it, like implementation and onboarding and just client success. That said, really recently we have been pulled into some agreements with customers that say, Hey, this is great. We love this. We love the product, but we want your help either strategically in Mm. leveraging it and saying, okay, we have this podcast now. What? Um, or in the actual crafting of the show and, and, and producing it. So, um, yeah, as of late, it's been absolutely both. It's been the product and the services to go with it. Are you finding that you're, that you're beginning to form a template, um, for, for different types of, mm-hmm. because I imagine it's not just one, every show is a little different. Everybody has different yeah. ideas. They present differently. So I, I imagine, um, you, you're starting to kind of, uh, templateize that. I, Mm-hmm. I would think. Well, I think so. We are typically on post production, like that's that's where casted comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, as far as shows, so we're talking about the actual production process. Um, I kind of hope that there isn't a template for a while, and that people continue to say, you know, who's it for? Why am I doing it? Therefore, what should we do? As far as the post production, where casted really, really, you know, is most helpful. Um, not templatized because again, I think it's all about who's it for, why are you doing it? Therefore, you know, what are your goals and and what should you be doing? But absolutely looking at, okay, you published your show, now what? And I think less template, more structure and saying here, here are definitely the things you should think about um, that might look different for everybody. But, you know, 
here's here's some thoughts, here's some tools, go forth and use them in the way that that will matter most for your show and for your audience. But um, yeah, trying really pushing our audience to question what else they can do with that really, really rich conversation that they just had. How, how can you wring it out and use it um, in multiple different ways to just reach as many people as possible in the ways that they want to be reached? So perhaps templating was the wrong, or maybe a, more of a scaffolding <laughs> in order, yeah. you know, that you set around the the structure of the show um, to help prop it up in, in different ways. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like I, that scaffolding. Com, coming from the software world, I think of everything as a template. It's yes. just hard for my brain to <laughs> move away from. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that I think that's right, and I think that actually, you know, thinking of that in the structure way, you know, what? okay. Here's what I would say. This is this is new, a new thought for me. I think it's it's helping the the brands that we work with create their own templates, right, and their own processes and their own structure. Not cool. saying like really avoiding best practices and one size fits all, and saying like, hey, everybody you should all have a podcast and here's how you should do it. But saying, right. if you have a podcast, don't forget everything that should happen. Once you publish that show, you know, create your own processes, create your, create your own workflows to make sure that you're really ringing it out. And we want to make it, it sounds, easy. I mean, it sounds to me like there's a bit of an artisan approach to this as well. I mean, you know, like a, uh, if you were making a, if you were a musician making a record, um, you know, yeah, you're, you're not gonna, uh, you know, every artist is chiseled from, from, from the same raw materials, you know, and it's, you know, what comes out of it is different, but knowing, you know, being able to see these things before they exist is, is really the, uh, the art behind it rather than the science. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. So the, the one other thing I was curious about that you mentioned earlier, um, around you guys are the, the, the first of your kind, and there's, there's really an underserved, um, market here, who do you actually compete with then? Like, is it, is it the Zencasters of the world? It's a good question. So not the Zencasters, but um, really all of those one-off tools and point solutions that marketers uh, in particular are right now duct taping together. So oh. um, all the different tools that people are using to, you know, you mentioned transcription and clipping and sharing and hosting and um, you know, audiograms and all of those things that people are using, you know, three, five, seven mm -hmm. different tools, oh, um, yeah. different point solutions that weren't even made, one, for marketers, or two, sometimes not even for podcasting, right? right. Um, all these different things that, you know, we're using for podcasts because that's what people are doing and they they, they do the job. Um, but really, we're pulling it all into one place and saying, hey, this is not only is it easier helping you manage your show from one spot, but also it's made for you. And mm -hmm. as we get into metrics, um, saying what, what beyond number of downloads can we, and should we be measuring for you to help you understand how this show is impacting your brand? Because to your point about, um, more consumer side and hobbyists and kind of solo podcasters, they're looking for, it's not wrong. It's just different. They're looking for information that says, how can I look at how to grow my audience and monetize it and insert advertising and, you know, this, this different model for podcasting that is just apples and oranges to what, what and why a marketer would do a show on behalf of their brand, right? So the marketer on behalf of their brand is saying, how is it impacting my brand? How is it impacting pipeline? Um, how can I help sales leverage this content um, as part of their mm. sales cycle? How can I show um, 
how can I work with sales enablement? How can I show leadership how this this content is impacting the brand? And so it's it's um, packaging everything up together for ease of use for how marketing teams work together, and also um, showing the metrics and the measurements that really matter for those teams and for those companies. Wow, I uh, yeah, I'm thinking about like for us to produce this show, we're using. Uh, Squarespace to host it because we also felt like we should have a website mm-hmm. in the future. Probably, uh, we're using G Suite to manage everything. Trello, um, uh, Sean, you're using Pro Tools to edit everything. Yeah, and probably it's a just- hand, and probably a couple of other things that I'm, I can't even think of off the top of my head to just to put a 45 minute show together. Mm-hmm. Pro Tools is a bit of a sledgehammer for a finish nail in this case, but it's what I have because I do other audio stuff. So mm-hmm. it just is the easiest point of entry for me. Normally it would just be garage band or yeah. some other simple audio. Mm-hmm. Well, but even like when we think about um, DAW. like providing feedback on edits, like be able to do that in a collaborative way, mm-hmm. that would be pretty sweet. Rather than yeah. saying, Hey, at, at sending a, uh, putting out, filling out a, a, a Google sheet, uh, at this time marker, pull out the following 17 seconds of audio or fade that down or whatever it might be mm-hmm. and be yeah, able to clip also, that easily. Right. And I think, um, especially like if you get, if you get to have a great conversation, what are all the many ways if, that you can use it? Right. And mm-hmm. so once oh, that yeah. show is even produced, once that show is live, um, mm-hmm. how can you pull written content from it? How can you yeah. pull social media content from it? How can you... Uh, repurpose it and repackage it later. Uh, one of the cool things that our marketing director did is she pulled clips um, from all of the episodes that we did for our first season, which was interviewing a whole bunch of hosts about their experiences with their branded podcast. Um, she pulled clips from them and repackaged them into something we called Pod Class um, uh. about like how to manage, activate, and measure your podcast. So using all of those great conversations in a completely different way, just by packaging them up differently. Um, and so it's, oh, it's you've got pod class. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yep. So yeah, that's really kind cool. Of looking back and thinking about how could I, how could I use this again in a different yeah. way? The, and that's, and it's interesting because it moves us to something that, that, uh, I know we all think about it's what the future of, um, podcasts are going to be. We've seen this tremendous growth in the amount of podcasts that are currently published. Uh, and people are really starting to think about uh, how, to, how to produce their own shows. And like somebody has an idea, like we should, we should make a pot on that, you know, or should we, should we start a podcast? I and mean, that's what happened with Zach and I. Yeah. We're having these great conversations and Zach was, we should record this because there's so many ideas that we're letting go of. It's like, mm-hmm. well, if we were going to record it, let's just publish it. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. And so as these things start happening, now it's becoming part of this culture. Uh, well, yeah, you have to have a podcast. It's just it's the way it goes. So as 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 we move forward, what what do you see as the trajectory and the future of podcasting as uh, as part of what we do? Yeah, I think specifically for brands, um, we're at the beginning of the wave, and so there is still a really incredible opportunity for brands in particular to be at the forefront to own their audience as far as you know, audio and, and podcasts are concerned because while it feels like podcasts are everywhere, specifically for brands, it's it's new. And so yep. you still have the opportunity like we did, you know, circa 
gosh, 2009, 2010, um, to be kind of one of the first blogs, do it well, create really great, compelling, engaging context. It has to be good. I mean, don't just publish for publishing sake. Don't just get right. a podcast because everybody else is doing it. But you really still, there's this window of time happening right now that you can be one of the first and therefore one of the best and you can really own the audience. Um, and that said, I mean, I, I said we're at the beginning of the wave. I really do think it's a wave. And I think that podcasts are going to be ubiquitous for brands. Everyone is going to have one. Some are going to be awful and some are going to be really, really great. Um, and those who base their shows on authentic conversations, like you said, like we're having these conversations anyway, they're really great. Why not publish them? Um, and that seek to connect with their audiences and to add value and then are doing really creative things with how they're using those shows after the fact, but they're going to win. And, um, they're going to lead, lead this wave, uh, as more and more brands pick it up. So cool. you meant like, why do you, why do you think podcasts have grown so much in, in some of the recent years? Like what's the, I know why I like them, but mm-hmm. what, what do you think? So two things. One, one is very, you know, technical and tactical and tangible and other words that rhyme and sound alike. Um, <laughs> and the other is more, um, heady. So first, I mean, you think about technology, right? So um, podcasts are much more easier to listen to now than ever before. If we ever have commutes again, um, they're, they're easy to listen to in your car. <laughs> a lot of cars are making, you know, apps and, and integrations with your Bluetooth and all that stuff, making it much more easier now than it was even just a couple of years ago. True. Um, or mowing also, the lawn that can, you know, once a week you could get a, yep. a mow the lawn commute podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and I mean like AirPods, right? So yeah. it's, it doesn't seem like it should be that much easier just to have wireless headphones, but that makes it easier too. It's just much more convenient to mm. do other things, whether it's working or working out or mowing the lawn or um, <laughs> whatever, cooking, you can listen and consume content anytime. So it's easier now to listen than ever before. Also, um, you know, Alexa and all of the, you know, virtual assistants, um, Google is, you know, case for SEO, even with your audio content, Google's making it easier to find through voice search podcasts. And so, Hey, Alexa play, you know, X podcast is a thing. So technology is making it easier to listen. The other side of things that's more heady is we were talking about before is that people crave connection and podcasts are, people are, are waking up to the fact that this type of audio content, this conversation that we're having now, it's interesting to listen to. It's interesting to listen to a conversation. And um, so I think that it's easy and it's engaging, it's compelling and um, people people like it for that reason. It, it It's interesting um, because the, the similarities between podcast and radio are, are I mean, mm-hmm. pretty clear, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but to me, the difference is like a, a radio personality or a radio show is somebody in a tower that maybe you can call in and reach. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you could uh, um, be a guest on the show. That that seems even a further reach. But somehow there's like this great equalizer here with this, with the technology and and everything that we've talked about thus far, and um, gives everybody a new opportunity. Same thing like websites. Like now anybody can make a website. You know, all you got to do is learn some HTML. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is talk into the mic. And obviously, that's not the case. What you what you put down is very important. But, uh, you know, talk, you can talk to us a little bit about what, you know, your perception, uh, on, on what you see is, um, podcasting is, uh, is different from radio in, in that sense. Yeah. 
I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think um, radio is great. I'm a huge fan of NPR. Um, as we, as I was starting Casted, I listened to the very first season of Startup where Alex Bloomberg is starting what ended up being Gimlet and Gimlet also Media. very meta. And it was yeah. very refreshing and very terrifying all at the same time. But um, before that and outside of that, and even I think still with that, it feels like other people and it feels like fancy people and professional and very produced and in a studio and, you know, with fancy mics and soundboards and celebrity guests, right? Whereas podcasts, um, you're right. Really, anyone can make one. My my first one of my first graders um, has a podcast with his class, right? Um, are they all going to become famous? Probably not. But again, going back to connection as his parent, I love it. And I feel so much more connected to his class and to his teacher and to his classmates when he talks about, you know, who his friends are, that's connection and who's it for, why are they doing it? And therefore what are their goals? And they are, they're achieving their own little mini content strategy in that way, all the way on up to some of the world's largest brands hosting a podcast to be more human, you know, so it's the human side of the brand connecting to the human side of the buyers um, and mass, you know, when you're talking to the hundreds of thousands or even millions, um, it's human to human connection. And yeah, radio is that, but it's still, it feels more like a one-way street and it feels much more of a, yeah, but I can't do that because that's radio. Well, it, it makes me think of something. Um, because radio is very produced, uh, does it? How much does it bug you that that quality is variable <laughs> in podcasting? Like, there's this. This show sounds like it's going to be amazing, but it sounds awful. I can't listen to this guy's voice or this person's voice is just yeah, uh, you know, or the 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 their quality the quality of the recording is so inconsistent, you know. Ah, yeah. But somehow you persevere because the, the quality is I, the 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 content is good what what is it that like mm -hmm. really is is the 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 kernel of of uh, import in a podcast yeah so okay for me personally um i give a lot of grace to sound quality um i think that if you are a really i think that there's a high bar higher bar if you're a really big brand that has lots and lots of employees and therefore should be able to produce something of, of nice, you know, good quality. That's one thing. But like, I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot of grace to be given for like, okay, so you don't have an office space. So you do have an, an echoey, you know, situation. Um, you are recording from home outside of current circumstances. Um, <laughs> there's background noise. What I care most about is the content quality. So, Okay. Yeah. I mean, you might even be able to hear it now. There's construction vehicles not that far away from me. Like if you're picking that up in the background, but we're having a great conversation, I feel like that's a lot more forgivable than the best sound quality in the world and people just hearing themselves talk, right? Um, what are you doing to engage me as the listener? How are you providing me value? How do you know me as your audience? And therefore, you know, you're having a conversation with me in mind and how you can help me and, and entertain me or engage me, um, educate me. I would be much more interested in listening to that. And I have listened to that um, even when it sounds like somebody's calling in on their phone. Right. Um, yeah. So I think, and, and what I do want to, um, the reason I, I put that out there is 
I don't want people to not create a podcast because they don't feel like it's like they have the perfect studio and the perfect mics and, you know, the perfect situation. Like if you have something to share that is great content that you really do believe is, is going to be valuable to your audience, do your best. Um, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. Yeah. My opinion. But like almost the, like you can get lost in the conversation. It, it's creates so much more forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. The audio engineer in me has a really <laughs> hard time with, with, with the unevenness <laughs> of like, uh, but I also recognize th- there is a charm to, to, to it as well. And mm-hmm. so I, in a way, almost think that that, um, unique characteristic of, of, uh, these people from all sorts of different places and, uh, coming together to have a conversation like we're doing now virtually, mm-hmm. uh, has, there's, there's something there that, that is, uh, more, uh, more interesting than, um, making sure that, you know, your compression ratio is, is, uh, set correctly and yada, yeah. yada, yada. But that, again, okay. To that point, know your audience, right? So if, If this show was specifically for audio engineers, that's one thing. Um, Yeah, you better get it right. (laughs) Exactly, right? Because your audience would not be forgiving. For me, I mean, I have a marketing background and, you know, to me, it's all about the content quality. And um, so it's, yeah, it's know your audience. Fair. So, okay, I want to ask a question to the marketer in you. Uh, (laughs) I'm just curious. What, so we talked a little bit about the parallels with radio and, and other mediums. What, what's unique in your mind for like, for marketing for podcasts? What's the angle that you need to take to market a podcast that's different maybe than some of those other parallel industries or mediums? Good, good question. Um, good question. I haven't, I haven't been asked that before. I think, (laughs) um, again, focusing on connection, right? So, um, people have the, with podcasts, the option to literally do anything else, right? They could listen to another podcast. They could listen to, especially we're in the world of B2B or like branded podcasts. Instead of listening to a branded podcast, they could listen to their favorite, you know, my favorite murder. They could listen to um, any other entertainment, non-branded podcast. They could listen to music. They could listen to nothing. So when you are marketing your podcast, think about, why someone would spend their time, their commute, their, you know, AirPods in their ears while they're cooking dinner, listening to your voice and your conversation, as opposed to literally anything else. Mm. Um, When there's, that's different because say a blog post or a white paper, especially we're talking about brand and, and B2B, they're probably seeking that information anyway. They, they searched for, how to do X, how to promote a podcast, right? So they're they're actively seeking that information. Whereas with a podcast, you got to hook them with, here's a conversation that's worth listening to while you do the dishes or while you mow the lawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that all goes back to connection, human to human connection. How can you appeal to the human in your audience um, and point out the reasons that hopefully already exist, show them the reasons that exist that they should spend time with you um, and allow you into their, literally into their, into their head um, mm-hmm. while they're doing something else. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge because some people have this preternatural, preternatural ability to have a conversation and forget about what they're doing. I, I know um, Zach and I have been tr- practicing this because we get really nervous and we're like, Ooh, we're like 
how do how do we make this seem natural? We're we're we got these mics in front of us, and uh, is our conversation interesting? Are we sounding too scripted? Uh, th- there's there's almost like this um, this coaching that that I feel we need to to be uh, good at what we do, but maybe that's not important. Um, being human, being personal, like you're like you're saying, is 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 the content that matters. Having a conversation, um, but still trying to to create an arc around a show. It, it's there's people who are masterful at this. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've well, nailed it yet. We're getting closer, but it's, <laughs> it's hard. It is really, really hard to be real yeah. and feel real. Um, and it, I think it just, it is about the conversation. You can get into a mode where all of a sudden you just forget about everything else around you and, mm-hmm. and just talk like people. Well, yeah. I know that when we, when we got started, you know, I felt as, as somebody who enjoys talking, um, <laughs> I was very shy behind the mic and you know, people would people that know me would listen to the first few shows. I'm like, man, you sound different. And I'm like, really? Like, Hi, everybody. Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> Welcome I, don't, to I don't know why I've gotten show. more comfortable, yeah. but I feel like, I feel like what I heard, um, your NPR voice in your, my NPR voice. Uh, I'm not going to do it. Hello. Uh, I feel, <laughs> uh, I feel like, um, two things that, that kind of stand out to me. You didn't say these explicitly, was was vulnerability and authenticity. Mm, like, two of my favorite words. Yeah, right? And this <laughs> yeah. idea that w- right Sean and I were were chit-chatting a little bit before you joined us and we were both way more nervous than we normally are before we meet a guest. This is our first time doing this remotely. And I wonder if some of that was playing into it as well as we listened to your show a little bit uh, prior to prior to chatting with you. It is beautifully produced, by the way. Um, like, well, she's good. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And we're like, Shout oh, out man. to Fabian Rodriguez, um, Drink Culture Podcast and yeah. Culture Collaborative Media. He is he does our show behind the scenes and he's That's awesome. So yeah. Uh so yeah, he he and you and the whole team have done just a phenomenal job. So uh, I felt a little intimidated kind of walking into this conversation. Uh, you know, a bit um not starstruck, but you know, this idea that, oh man, she's better at this than we are. Oh. All right. Got to bring your A game, ask good questions, have good conversations and, um, being willing to kind of lean into that a little bit. I feel like is, yeah. is part of a little bit of part of what you're saying. Just, just be you it, it's, yeah. and it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you sharing that just made this conversation even more interesting for everybody listening because, mm. um, especially, Okay, so so to the people who listen to you all the time, they just got another side of you, and that is interesting, right? And to those who are podcasters, they can relate. And they're like, yes, I, I totally feel that way. I mean, the more we are ourselves, um, you know, I, I have this whole spiel about authentic conversation and and you know, just boldly be yourself. That's what people want, especially. I mean, always, anyway, with any content that we consume, the Think about the favorite conversations that you listen in on, the favorite um, content that you consume. It's when you get that glimpse of human. And you, Mm. my favorite interviews, and I don't think I'm alone in this, are when the interviewer asks questions that no one else has. I mean, your favorite celebrity, your favorite author, when when you follow them, you hear them saying the same things over and over and over and over. And it's when that interviewer gets them to talk about something they don't typically, that's when you're like, oh, 
I, I get to be part of something special. I get to hear them talk about this thing that they never talk about. Um, that's interesting for the people who have never been exposed to that content before or those people, but it's even more interesting to the super fans who are like, oh, I got to know something more that I wouldn't have otherwise. And so I don't know, just the more authentic you can be, the better. Now, to to Sean's point, how do you avoid just getting on and, and rambling and like, you know, how, how authentic is too authentic to the point where it's like, <laughs> okay, I'm bored of this conversation now. I think, you know, having, having an outline, having just a structure, having a story arc to every show, maybe it's the same for everyone. Maybe it's a little bit different, giving your listener something to expect to say, like, first we start with this and then we kind of move into this segment and then we move into this segment. But within that, allowing the conversation to be authentic and, and being vulnerable. And because when you are, it invites your guest to be more open and, and more, more vulnerable with the conversation and to share more and to give you that interview that, um, they, that the listeners aren't going to be able to get somewhere else. Right. Um, um getting beyond the sound bites. That's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's almost like, uh, it's as simple as saying, just be you, <laughs> but it's also very challenging to, um, let yourself calm down enough to allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. Like it's easy. It's an easy concept, but hard to practice sometimes because it actually takes a little bit of intentionality. It does, especially when when you're talking to people who represent brands. It's one thing yeah, for, yeah. you know, interviewers who are talking to a celebrity or an author or whoever it is that's they are their brand themselves. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking to someone who if the podcast is a brand and you're talking to an interviewee that represents a brand, that can be challenging to get someone to really open up. But that's the beauty of podcasts is it even if you're talking about the same thing, you can, you can feel it. You can hear it in, in the tone. Oh man. Now, now I have a new challenge for, for the next few shows here. <laughs> <laughs> Not be terrified. Not <laughs> talking be terrified. to new people. That's, that's, that's me. I am, uh, I am not the inverse of Zach, but I, I struggle a little bit with, uh, uh, I, I am fine staying in my house, by the way, not interacting with people. And I, <laughs> really okay with that for the most part. Uh, that's why I'm in software. But uh, it, it, I think it takes it takes a huge cognitive effort um, and a lot of energy to to push myself to to be extra you know extroverted and, and and have a conversation and not like wilt when I think I say said something stupid and be like oh that was bad I'm just gonna shut up now. You have to just. You have to like, own those things, um, mm-hmm. and we do. There are some shows I can't listen to; I just can't. I'm just like just gonna push this out there and shake my head and close my eyes and wince and hope nobody listens to it. But I want people to listen to it. It's, it's this weird mm-hmm. thing we do. <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys are fans of Brene Brown, but um, we're actually best friends. Um, she just doesn't really know it. So, um, <laughs> but, um, I'm a, a huge, huge fan of hers. And, uh, one of the things that she talks about all the time, her famous, her now famous Ted talk that put her mm-hmm. on the map for so many people back in, I think 2007, she put it out there and she was vulnerable and she stood on stage and she winced and she didn't want to listen to it. And one of the first things that she talks about, she went and she called her husband and was like, you know, I'm nobody, anybody, I'm nobody anyway. No one's going to listen. It's fine. I, I'm actually going to call the the event producers and see if they'll, they won't, they'll pull it down. They won't put it on the website. And she did, she called and I think I'm telling the story, right. That she called the TEDx Austin 
producers and um, asked them to pull it down. And they were like, no, absolutely not. And she's like, well, why? And that was because it had already gotten like some ridiculous number of hits and look at her now. Like that's what she's known for. And so, you know, I mean, it's scary, but I think that as long as, long as you're true to who you are, and again, you know your audience, who's it for, why are you doing it? Um, it's, uh, it can be a really beautiful thing. Even when it's hard to listen to yourself. <laughs> you, you may have already answered this question, uh, several times. Um, you know, but, uh, is there any like nugget of advice you would give to people who are starting a podcast, whether it's a brand or a hobbyist or whomever, um, to be effective in what they do? Hmm. I've said this a few times, even in, in, in our conversation, but again, who's it for? Who's it yeah. for? And why are you doing it? Um, I think it's really easy in content in general, but I think especially also in podcasts, they're not excluded is to say, we're going to do a podcast. And again, that's, that's for a brand that's for yourself. That's whoever you're, whoever it is, that's doing the podcast. It can be really easy to be super broad and try to serve everyone or to jump around a lot and say, you know, this show is going to be about this. And this show is going to be about this other completely random thing. And then even if you have an audience that's trying to follow you between from episode to episode, if you're not if you don't know who it's for, you hook someone with one episode and they're like, oh my gosh, that was great. That was so interesting. And then the next episode is about something completely different. You're going to lose them. And then you're basically mm. trying to rebuild your audience with every single show. Yeah. So just start with who's it for? Even if that's kind of broad and you don't really know, just who's it for? Why are you doing it? And then just start getting out there. I mean, if you go back to any television series, any thing that has seasons, the first one's always a little rocky, you know? Um, so just give yourself permission and some grace to not be perfect from out of the gate, but just get started, be authentic and know who you're doing it for. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think there's one of the, one of the problems we have had is knowing who our audience is or who this is for. I mean, really it was kind of for us mm-hmm. <laughs> to start, to see what it was like. It was just like, Hey, I, it's an experiment. Um, let's see what it feels like to do a podcast. Yeah. And then let's listen to the shows. And they were, they were pretty um, erratic in terms of what, what we were talking about. It kind of jumped around a little bit. We tried to focus on technology, but uh you know, maybe there's, maybe there's a, it's, it's hit or miss. Maybe the first 10, 15 episodes are kind of hit or miss and there's a couple stinkers in there and, and uh, you, there will be more. Yeah. It's an evolution. For for me, it feels like it, it's becoming an evolution. We don't, we don't spend all our waking hours thinking about doing this. It's just, uh, uh, well, we spend a lot of time thinking about it, (laughs) but not everybody has that luxury. Um, and so you kind of have to, for us, you have to feel like, feel it out a little bit and like that, that show was really good. What was good about that show? And then let's try that again. And maybe we don't hit it that next time. I don't know. There's, there's this evolution. I feel like that it's mm-hmm. slowly creeping there. I think that's where you are able to really, really help identify people, mm-hmm. people's uh, audience. It's to me, that's a tough thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because then over time, looking back and, and you're at the point that you can do this, which of our shows were most popular? Um, why, you know, who, who was that for, um, what trends and themes and commonalities and, you know, common threads uh, are among our most popular content? What kind of feedback have we gotten? Um, and how can you apply that moving forward? Yeah. Hmm. So it's, it's hard not to talk about COVID in the midst of 
when we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm curious, obviously, obviously you don't bring two different selves to work and home, mm-hmm. uh, but there are two different aspects that have been, um, for most of the world pushed together rather mm-hmm. dramatically. Um, I'm kind of curious how, how you're handling a lot of that as both mom, wife, and CEO, mm-hmm. how has your world been impacted by all of this? Um, not at all. It hasn't been impacted at all. <laughs> Other I than recording re- on the floor of your bedroom. <laughs> between I was going to say, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I always record in the floor of my guest room, um, between the bed and the wall. Um, <laughs> that just is, uh, what I always do, um, with my kids, uh, within earshot. Um, you know, I, I, we talked about this when we first hopped on the call before we started recording. I feel very, 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 very lucky. I'm so thankful as I know we all are for everyone who's mm-hmm. on the front lines. And I don't mean, yes, absolutely. Everyone who's working in the healthcare world right now, but also the people who are in grocery stores and, you know, delivery services and so many other things that I'm not, could not possibly even mention in this episode, but, um, I'm so thankful and for us personally, I mean, we're all here, we're in this house together, um, just like everybody else. And, um, you know, trying to be uh, mom slash CEO slash 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 um, yeah. makes me very thankful for the life that we all had before we went back to our homes. Um, yeah. Personally, I'm also, I'm a very weird introvert in that I'm very social and do all of the front um face of the company things. And I really enjoy that, but I, I get my energy from being a hermit. Mm. So this has been a very weird situation for me. Um, and for the company, I think casted, I cannot sing the praises of our team loud enough. They're amazing. Not only are they brilliant and fun, but they have made this pivot to, um, working from home seamlessly. I mean, we were very work from home friendly already, like a lot of tech companies are, but, um, you know, one day it was like, okay, we're all working from home for an indefinite period of time. Here's what that means. It's not business as usual. We need to over-communicate. We need to mm-hmm. be, you know, really sensitive to how everybody's going to be showing up right now. It's going to be harder for some than others. Um, we need to be intentional about what we're doing. And they've been amazing. And I feel very, very, very lucky that as a CEO, I, I not once have questioned the work ethic of the team or, you know, what people are doing. Everyone's just committed and excited about this company that we're building. Um, and so we're, we're in it and we're rolling right along. So I feel, I feel really lucky. (laughs) I feel really lucky. So that's interesting that you mentioned that, um, uh, that you're kind of a, an odd introvert or a social introvert, not an mm-hmm. odd introvert. There are other, I, I am pretty exist, odd too. you know, that's also well, that's, true. that's fair. Enjoy. Welcome to the family. Um, <laughs> um, have you found that being somewhat isolated with your family and having maybe a little bit more alone time mm-hmm. than you would normally being, you know, kind of in an office with more people has actually allowed you to bring more energy to your team while you are more disconnected. Hmm. We'd have to ask my team. Um, <laughs> well, but, I guess, how do you feel in that? Like, yeah. do you feel more energized in the day? I do. Okay. I do. Um, and so the way that that has kind of shown up in my life is I keep asking myself, like, how can I learn from this? Um, mm. What, in to the extent that I am able, how am I going to change things after yeah. this? Um, I run real hard, real fast um, all the time. And so this has been kind of a forced 
for a lot of us, <laughs> it's like everybody else, a forced um, downtime for me to take a minute and say, okay, what are the things that I could be doing now? Um, including nothing, right? Yeah. Including just being still, just being with my family, just um, looking out the window, just getting ahead on planning, um, being more intentional about relationships, like a lot of things. Yeah, I've I've found that this has made me look at my calendar differently. This has made me um, kind of prepare for the day ahead a little bit differently and um, think maybe even more strategically about uh, the day ahead, the week ahead, reflecting about the week that was um, and kind of define, be more intentional about defining like what a successful day looks like so that, mm. you know, when we hang it up at night, it's like, okay, that was, that was a day. Yeah. Did I do what I needed to do? And what does today, tomorrow need to look like um, for that to be a success? Yeah, I love that. I, I, I can also get lost in the the hustle of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, go to bed at night, like thinking, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> that felt like a waste, Yeah, uh, but I was so busy. Yeah. And I think one thing that I found that I'll share is, um, I try to make a list every morning of at least one, but no more than three. So one, two or three things to do every day. Mm-hmm. Um, big things. Otherwise I end up, you know, responding to Slack and doing emails and just jumping from thing to thing. And if I have one, two or three things that are really important that I do that day, um, then I can focus on those gaps in between all the zoom calls to make sure that I focus on those things. And, uh, oh, man, the zoom calls, I know, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Have you found any awesome tricks for keeping a certain level, like a high level of connectedness with your team? Mm. That's the thing I'm struggling with the most. Yeah. So we, again, you'd have to ask them if it's, if it's working, but one thing that we started really early on was we meet every, every day at two o'clock, two o'clock is just a random time, but we picked two o'clock for half an hour. And I was like, this is, yes, we're going to talk about work, but more than anything else, this is connecting as humans. So we're going to talk about what you had for lunch. You know, if your kids come in, if your pets come in, if, you know, if you'd want to use video, if you don't, this is to make up for all the time that we're not seeing each other in the office that we're not seeing mm. each other's faces. So like just show up as a human. That's it. Um, yeah. we're checking in on so, each other. We're talking, we're seeing how each other's doing. And then outside of that, it's all of the work meetings. That's been really well, so in a post COVID world, is that something you think will persist I as a, as a cultural component? Yeah. To what you do? Well, we, um, before, and this is very much thanks to my co-founders and the rest of the team. Like I said, I've been a very heads down, you know, nose to the grindstone person my whole life. But they, uh, Adam and Zachary, um, really started to pull me out of that and say, hey, let's go grab lunch. And so um, as a team, going and grabbing lunch um, and other things, you know, kind of related to that or that spun out of that have been really important to cast it all along. So this has actually been kind of how we've continued that in the in the time of COVID. And so I think we will be even more work from home friendly um, after all of this than we were before. But I think it's just been a testament to how important relationships are to all of us. Yes. But to, to cast it in particular. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, I might have to steal a couple of your tips. (laughs) I appreciate them. So uh, before we wrap up, is there any, any shameless plug, anything that uh, you Mm -hmm. want anybody to know about you or cast it? 
Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, if we're doing shameless plugs, I mean, if you are, <laughs> if you're a marketer, marketing leader, or, you know, you work with one, um, on behalf of a brand that you think should have a podcast or that does have a podcast and you think you can probably get more out of it, we would love to talk. Um, and in the meantime, we also, of course, have a podcast. And what we're digging into now is talking with other marketing leaders to say, hey, how are you rethinking your strategy in the midst of all that's happening? And so, you know, again, seeking first to, to help um, and just provide a glimpse into what others, other marketing leaders are doing right now is uh, how we're trying to kind of amplify that message through our podcast. That's awesome. And you should listen to their podcast. It is really, really good. Uh, it's the casted podcast. Yep. The casted podcast. There you go. I love it. So to the point. Thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. It's been a pleasure having you. It's so much fun. I like being on the side of the mic. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And that's our show for today. Thanks for joining us. We really hope you enjoy hearing from Lindsay. You should definitely check out their show, the casted podcast, anywhere you find your shows. And as always, you can follow us at The Textillers on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We hope you all have an awesome day and are staying safe out there. Talk to you soon.